Well, welcome to Navigating Change with Shane and Mike across from me, Shane Bishop. My name is Mike Wooten. We are glad to have you here listening to us today. We have the wonderful Melissa Bishop back for this next By episode. popular demand. Uh-huh. Popular demand. People heard the episode. <laughs> and they, they Lots of them. On Twitch, I think, was really what Twitch took it over the... Twitch was huge last week. Big time. Actually, here's what you need to know. I didn't tell either one of you. When we were recording for Twitch, I think it stopped in the middle of. <laughs> so, <laughs> think of the disappointment. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, people. I'm sure they'll get over it. All two well, of them. All two of them. <laughs> yeah. My, my wife being one, my mother being the other. I like it. Well, we brought Melissa Bishop back because yes. we want to talk about raising kids. Yoo-hoo. That sounds like a lot of fun. I got a couple young children. Here's something I wanted to tell you both. I don't know if you know this or not. For some reason, I like to, every once in a while, I like to put chaos in the household. So Perfect. I said, why don't we, st- yes, I'm sure, you know. <laughs> That's why you go home, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. And they never want me there again. <laughs> right. I have a rhythm. Uh, so we did a suggestion box for the family. Oh, gosh. But so, th- then your kids can write, can they? Uh, oh, yeah, Nora can write. Oh, she can write. She's All got, right, yeah, she can, And then Ava tells Nora what to write. Oh. oh but I think Nora scribe. puts her own yeah, her desires own. on there. So, uh-huh. they, yeah, so we've done this. This is last week. We did, uh, you get up to seven, one a day. And then we open them up on Saturday, and we're kind of using Robert's rules of order too, uh-huh. so I can do a little bit. So of you can it. kind of work with that. work with that. So that's what's right. going this on. Is kind but of a cute idea. yeah, it's kind of cute. Yeah. It's a kind of scary. But basically, Nora asked or Ava asked for a ten thirty bedtime, uh, but we negotiated a bedtime that was eleven minutes later than what they have right now. But we're doing that right now, well, and I it's like going it. well. We give them a little one. something, right? Yeah, it's also a way to complain. So I, I've been doing a few complaints about my wife in the box acting like. You know, who could have wrote that? Uh-huh. So that's not going great. Yeah, no. Not week one. Perfect. We'll see how it goes this yeah. next week. Speaking Maybe of complaints. Yeah, go. I have on a jacket. <laughs> it's like a windbreaker. <laughs> and it it's a navigating change with Shane and Mike jacket. Very nice. Yeah. It looks great. And uh, I wear it out a All lot. And uh, not not true. But I wore it today. And I do wear it some. Yeah, you do. Well, anyway, I'm putting it on today. And there is a rip in the seam of this jacket, this navigating change with Shane and Mike jacket. There's a rip in the seam. And what I got wondering about is, Mike, are, is all the clothing that you hand out crap? Or is it just the jacket that you gave me? Then I find out he bought it for himself and it was too big and he gave it to me. So first of all, it's a recognition that I'm a little chunky, big bone. Because you're eating chocolate. Which you... And you went to Burger King for breakfast and you've had coffee and now you're drinking a big old soda. Okay, so clearly we're adding a lot of things in here that are relevant to what we're talking about. So... My question is, you know all these t-shirts we've sent out and all these prizes we've given away? Mike, are they just crap? I mean, are other people who get Shane and Mike material, I mean, are their seams ripped as well? I I don't know, man. Just that one. (laughs) I don't know, Mike. You were telling me you were feeling pretty good about all the money we saved on, on this equipment. And the other thing I notice is when Mike wears something, it's like name brand. He'll he'll wear things and it's like Columbia or Adidas. I looked at this to see what brand it was. You know? And and because it ripped, because it's clearly a piece of crap. And and I looked to see what brand it is. It was like Joe's storage shed brand. 
a guy named Joe buys stuff and sticks it in a storage shed. Are you this was the. So I don't know, Mike. I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm disappointed and I'm complaining. And then it occurred to me it's free. Well, yeah, what do I have to complain about? In your hand. It was it was free. So that's it. Navigating change with Shane and Mike apparel. May or may not be crap. We hope that those of you who have won things have not had the experience I have. And if you have any complaints or concerns, please contact Reverend Mike Wu. It's, Go ahead, Mike. I think complaining is like your spiritual gift this morning. Well, I was just thinking about our last episode when we were talking about the dishwasher. Oh, scenario. yes. And I have a feeling that something like that was unleashed on you uh-huh. when, whenever Correct. he found out. Well, then I gave it right back to him <laughs> whenever I asked him yeah. if he even knew how to work the dishwasher, which, no. Yeah, we well, made... the nice thing is I can stick my left hand inside my windbreaker. <laughs> I thought it was a pocket. No, I'm no, not no. convinced it's I can not a stick pocket. my left hand inside what? my windbreaker, and look, I can make finger yeah. puppets right <laughs> on my side that because makes... I have a huge hole that makes on more... the seam. No, 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 that's a running. That that's, that's, makes you more yeah. aerodynamic. You <laughs> no, 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 no. I have I'm, a hole I'm going with on mine. the seam. I'm with Mike on this one. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry for those of you that may have gotten products from us (laughs) that, you know, might be a little, what would we say? Low quality? We're sorry. I'm sorry for Mike. I don't know if Mike's sorry as he should be because he ordered them, designed them, and sent them to you. But I'm sorry if your windbreaker is, is like mine. There's just a lot going on here. There, there's a little bit going on. Oh boy. You just happened to get here during my morning snack. Mm. You just had breakfast. <laughs> well, would you eat a snack before breakfast? You I mean, of course be, you would eat a snack you after. You should be eating a snack after breakfast. So how oh many boy. times do you go out uh, to eat a week, Shane? He goes out every single day for breakfast and lunch. <laughs> and sometimes supper. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't really want to go there. <laughs> I, have a, I have a restaurant ministry. <laughs> I have a restaurant ministry. I build relationships with people in restaurants. And, you know, over time, oh, over boy. time, I, I uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, Mike. Okay. Beautiful. There beautiful. You, uh, you know what else can be beautiful? Family. Let's talk about family. Okay, you trying to get us back, trying to reel us back in here? Oh, I'm going to try. Oh, boy. So, uh, so family, raising mm-hmm. kids, how did that go for y'all? Well... Well, we had two. We had. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have two. We have two kids. We do have two Both kids. adults now. Yes. Yeah. We have four grandchildren. Yes, we do. 11, 10, 9, eight, seven, <laughs> six, <laughs> five. They, they now are, you're just showing off. Yeah, they're, they're... We have four grandchildren. Beautiful grandchildren. 11, 10, 9, and 8. Okay. Mm-hmm. And two adult children. Both live in the region, mm-hmm. in the area. Uh, both are a part of Christ Church, mm-hmm. which yeah. we're very excited about. But uh, as we were talking about last episode, we had different ideas on, on raising kids, and, and that was at times a challenge for us. Mm-hmm. So if you could describe, <clears throat> Shane, your parenting style at first, how would you describe it? <laughs> yeah, babe, it? go right ahead and describe Reactionary that. to <laughs> how I was raised. So let me give you an example. I was maybe seven years old. We are in church at the Oakwood Baptist Church near Fort Worth, Texas. They're singing Count Your Blessings, right? Count your blessings, name them one by one. I'm just a little kid. So apparently I'm standing on the seat doing circles. 
And then every time I do a full rotation, I put up another finger. So blessing number one, blessing number two, blessing number three. I felt like, you know, at the time, I felt like I was adding something. And my dad was up front because he was the preacher. And then a guy named Pat was leading the singing. And then dad kind of scoped me and kind of gave me that look. And all of a sudden, he couldn't stand it anymore, right? He comes down during the middle of the song, grabs me underneath his arm, takes me out back to the vestibule, which is kind of like the back area of the church. And dad's left-handed. And I got to tell you, man, the discipline of the Lord came swiftly and from the left side. I mean, he is wearing my hand out. So if you're in church, it's probably sound like this. Count your blessings. Smack! Name them one by one. Smack! And that is kind of a memory of some of the things. Now, there are a lot of people today that think I invented church percussion. That I was the first drum used in church with hymns, and that my dad was the first church percussionist. Yeah. That being said, uh, dad, I think, believed in corporal punishment. He believed in it, and it must have worked okay. I think I turned out all right. But I think as a parent, I was probably a little too laissez faire. I, I probably let. I probably wasn't in it and on it as much as I could have been. Well, it's kind of hard to be in it when. You know, let's just be real honest. When you were younger, the the stars and moon, and were you kind of like Joseph? Remember those dreams? <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and the stars and the moon and whatever, just kind of in the back. Oh, yeah, right, the right, right. Yeah. I'm just. I started. I was just kidding, but that's. I'm not kidding on that. Um, but <laughs> but no, you were. You kind of had the hands off approach, and yeah, I had the hands on approach. We just we just had different ideas. Very different ideas. I know how I, I, I knew that I was, God was making me responsible for little humans mm-hmm. that were supposed to be raised in a way that were going to one day grow up to be good humans and mm-hmm. humans that loved God and that cared about people. And, and so from the time I was pregnant with Zach, that's our firstborn, Zach, Zachariah, um, that, that was my job. My job was to raise him in a way yeah. of the Lord. And I think, you know. That... I, I think I tried to support <laughs> Melissa in her job as opposed to really being in it. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things, one of the formative and, and things. Maybe the conflict there is support. like you took it so hmm. ser- seriously. I, I took it like very a, seriously. And then you're like, you take it seriously to a degree, obviously, but you're not in it. I, I think, yeah. And one of the formative conversations we had that I'll, I'll never forget is she just said to me, she was frustrated at me. The kids were older and she was frustrated because of my lack of personal involvement in the process. Of the discipline part. You were a great dad. Yeah. But in the discipline. Absolutely. And I think that's fair. I was a great great hands-on dad. dad, But when it came to discipline, discipline, I I think I was just kind of a bit reactionary to, to... how I, I got disciplined no, at you, times. It was build up. You weren't reaction. It, it built up or things would happen. Things would happen. You wouldn't react. You wouldn't react. You wouldn't react. You wouldn't react. And mm-hmm. then something, and then bam, you would come out from left and react. It's like, wow, that was really, mm-hmm. out. yeah. But anyway, our conversation. Yeah. Had. So we have this conversation and, and she just said, Shane, you're not helping with the discipline. And, and she goes, do you think kids accidentally grow up? to be men and women of God. And she says, they don't. Hmm. She said, you got to be in it. And she said, I need you in this with Mm -hmm. me. Hmm. 
And, and that was a pretty profound statement uh, because I think when I was raised, I think there were times I, I just felt like, you know, you're kind of doing everything for fear of getting a spanking or, or, or something like that. And my dad milked cows. Uh, you know, I mean, dad had really strong hands. And, uh, and I, I just remember that. And, and I thought, you know, I don't want to do that with, with my kids. And, and I think I, I overcorrected. Sure. It's kind of like somebody yeah. that yeah. drifts off the road mm -hmm. and then you overcorrect and go into the other lane. Yeah. And, and, and I think that was just an ongoing yeah. issue. I tended to let too much go mm -hmm. and Melissa let nothing go. I, no. Mm -mm. And not that I But was... you were sort of raised opposite of me. Yes, I was, but not in a, not in a, I wasn't a bad kid. Right. I, I wasn't a great teenager, but, um, yeah, I, I don't remember getting a spanking. I don't ever remember getting a spanking. Um, and my parents were divorced early. And so I didn't have that father figure and my mom was in a different direction because she was so consumed with that. So, I mean, it was just different. I just knew that God had a better plan. <clears throat> that there must be yep, a better yep. way to do this. And when I became a Christian, I was completely devoted to the fact that I was going to live my life for yeah. Christ. I was going to raise my children in Christ. And I was going to be, you know, that's what I was going to do. Yeah. And so, yeah. How important do you think it is for a parent to really look at their own history? Because really that's what we're talking yeah, about it right is. now. Yeah, it is. And, and figure <clears throat> out, uh, because we can learn uh, you know, we can have, our parents can do great things. Mm -hmm. There's still something we can learn sure. and do differently. Absolutely. Do you think that's important to someone's process uh, in parenting? Be like, okay, start questioning why they are parenting the mm -hmm. way that they're parenting. Mm -hmm. Well, I think so. Doing children's ministry, as long as I've done children's ministry, you see how children are raised by parents who have come from uh, maybe a, a bad situation, an abusive situation. Yeah. So therefore, then they completely are hands off or they are abusive. There's yeah. not an in-between. And, and it's like, you know, to me, it's taking care of, it's like taking care of a garden. You know, you, you have to weed that thing every single yeah. day in order to have a beautiful garden. Well, in order to have great kids, there is so much stuff out there from a very early age. It's trying to take them away from you as a parent, from, from the family, yeah. from God. Yeah. We need to be in it every single day so the big things don't happen where you're having to make all these... I think, things. Melissa, you kind of tended the garden every day, and then I tended to wait until things were really bad, mm -hmm. and then I'd spend like 48 hours mm -hmm. cleaning the yeah. garden back yeah. up. Shane, I wonder, you know, I, I know you a little bit. You don't do anything on accident. You have purpose. You're thought out. You pray. You know, you're not going to waste time. And I wonder if when Melissa brought that up about this whole thing about the kids, it be this isn't going to happen mm -hmm. by accident. Yeah. I wonder if that connected with you in a way oh, in terms of just how you think mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, Mike, if I had to do it over again, you know, I think some of the conflict that the two of us had mm -hmm. around parenting if we would have been as if we would have been more mature, and if we could have sat down and and and, had and, and negotiated, <laughs> let's talk right. about how we're going to go about this. Yeah. Let's talk about where the lines are. Right. Let's talk about if they do X, this then Y right. is going to happen right. every single right. time. Uh, those kind of things. I I, I don't. I, I wouldn't say that we raise the kids by the seat of our pants. No, 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 no. But I we would say, purpose, on purpose, but not not at, with the clarity, clarity that I think we would have raised it with mm -hmm. now. And that lack of clarity often caused conflict mm -hmm. between the two of mm -hmm. us. 
And we could have done that a whole lot better. Again, it goes back to negotiating. I think when you're first married, I think you don't think about that. I think you think about the love and the ooey and the gooey and the wedding and the presents and the ring and and every little picture that you take. And, And that's all great, but that's not... It's not real life. It's not the brass tacks part of, of being a parent or or even a spouse. And I think if you can sit down and say, how are we going to do this? Because it changes yeah. every day. You know as, as well as anybody oh. having little kids. It yeah. changes every yeah. single day. You know, maybe one day your kids love this one thing and they are so into it. And you're like, man, this is amazing. They're into this. Let's get into it. The second you start getting into it, they're over it and they're into something else. Yeah. So, and I'm amazed. It doesn't matter how well you listen uh, to other parents, you just still don't know really what you're doing. You have no clue. I mean, that's really amazing to me. And it's a little bit of a stereotype with yeah. parenting, they say, but it's true. You it's know? true. But if you have the long term, I always think of beginning and end. Mm-hmm. I never think about the middle. I think about what is it beginning? What does it look like now? Mm-hmm. And what's it supposed to look like at the end? And so if I've got the end, what it's supposed that's to look one, like, yes. then I can navigate the middle. Let's talk about that for a okay. second, because I think you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you always wanted to have a really good relationship, almost friendships whenever your kids grew got up older. and got older. Yeah. Is that true? That is and true. then it, is that, what's the intentionality behind something like that? I think I, I've seen... You have to agree upon that. You have that. to agree upon it, and, and you have to... You should never, when your kids are little, you should never be their best friend. You're not their best friend. You're just not. And I've seen so many disasters where moms especially, mm-hmm. well, me and my daughter are best friends. Well, no, she's 10. She's not your best friend. And guess what? She needs a parent. And if you parent her right with love, then you will be best friends when it counts. And I think with dads, with their boys, sometimes it's not about being best friends. It's about, um, in sports especially, it's about, um, what am I trying to say? Like uh, Camaraderie? Well, no. camaraderie, but, well, I think, but I think you're feeding some, your I think, own. Yeah, I think there's some odd psychology yeah, with, with, with parents and, in sports. Yeah. And, and I think with girls too well, yeah, now. But, but the, the idea is, is that there's this idea that, that parents sometimes are trying to live through, through their, their children. They're trying to somehow relive... Success they didn't have. They didn't have. Or maybe success they did have. But I I really see more they're trying to uh, relive success they didn't have. Mm -hmm. And they expect their kid to do what they didn't. And so my child then becomes something that either helps, makes me feel better about myself by their performance or worse about myself. And that relationship gets a little weird weird. too. So Mm -hmm. on one hand, you can't. You can't say, well, I, I want to just be best friends with my sure. 11-year-old. That, no. That's a little weird. That's crazy. On the other hand, <laughs> you can't live through nope. your 11-year-old. Nope. <clears throat> so we played, one, one thing I think we did have the same page on, we wanted to raise our kids with, with three main objectives. We wanted them to be happy and well-adjusted. Mm-hmm. We didn't need to have the, we didn't need to be able to tell everybody, we got the smartest no. kid in the whole world. We, we just, just wanted to have happy, happy and adjusted. well-adjusted kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. The second thing we wanted those kids to know, we want our kids to know Jesus, and we wanted to shield as much church damage as we could from them because we knew they were preachers' kids, and as they got and older, they were hard. living in a really big fishbowl. Fish so we wanted to to make sure they knew Jesus and to try to just to try to help them negotiate through what it meant to be a pastor's kid. And the third thing is we wanted to continue to have great relationships with them as adults. Mm-hmm. So when you get to be friends with your kids is when they're adults. Mm-hmm. And and they end up making great friends because you have so much in common. Right. 
And so those were some things I think that we were on the same page on. But that middle, that middle, how do you get there? Mm-hmm. That that's where things were uh, sometimes uh, maybe we should in do conflict. It over. Maybe we should have children again. Would I'm 58. Be... I'll be 59. So sure, when our not? kids graduated from, we'd be dead. No. Yes. <laughs> possibly not. Probably. Who knows? No. But anyway. So, and two, being friends with your kids, people always think, oh, well, you guys are friends. Well, yeah, but there's there's times where there's been conflict. I mean, right. it's not all, I think sometimes people look at, at pastors, pastors' families, you guys, I think people look and, and say, oh, well, they just have everything and they're just so mm-hmm. happy and so whatever. You know what? And, and, and great if that's what you think. No, it's work. It, it takes, you don't just end up happy. You don't just end up wherever you're at. You, 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 it's intentional. You have to be intentional. Someone said something about, well, I just wish God would snap me perfect. Well, you know what? Yeah. Wouldn't that be great if I could eat uh, peanut butter M&Ms every single day and still be a size two? That'd be awesome. It just doesn't happen. You have to be intentional. I can't be a size two and eat M&Ms every single day. I think it's back to your garden <clears throat> analogy. You know, if you, if you go to somebody's house and they have a beautiful landscaping, they have a beautiful garden, it's just gorgeous. You know, you're enjoying that, but you've got to understand they've spent hours and hours and hours in that garden getting it to to that point. And if you look at a family that seems functional, a marriage that seems strong, uh, kids that seem to be in a healthy relationship with parents, you may look at that photograph, if you will, uh, and it looks perfect, but there's been so much work that's gone into that. And one of the things I, I've learned on, on this end of things, and Melissa's helped teach me, is if you want the great outcome with your kids and with your family, you just got to put the work in. And if you're not intentional about the work, that work will be very inefficient. Right. It'll be jagged. And based on how you were raised, you, you may be going at it very different mm-hmm. ways. Because a lot of people today were raised without a functional parent. Yeah. A lot of them were raised without a present father. Uh, a lot of them were raised in, in really uh, in really challenging ways. And, and I had a friend once whose father left the family when, when he was just a boy. And, and he said, and I'll never forget this, he said, growing up without a dad at home and trying to become a man was like putting together a 500-piece jigsaw puzzle without a picture. Mm. And one of the things I think I, I've learned, and if I was going to give people advice on raising kids, because our, our kids came out great. Well, I mean, uh, they're great, but I mean, they had their bumps uh, and agreed. bruises, and sure. as adults, but they've had one of the things I, I could yeah. say that you can do is you can give them the picture, yeah. mm-hmm. and you can give them an honest picture, not a not yeah. a photoshopped right. picture, mm-hmm. uh, and you can say, "I'm not perfect," and and that's one thing I always did try to do with the kids, you know. I'm not perfect. And there were times as a parent, I got things wrong. And I would apologize to the kids. I'm not perfect, but I am your father. Mm -hmm. I am here. And you love them. I do love you with all of my heart. And at least I can give you that Mm -hmm. picture. Mm -hmm. And when it comes time for you to put your own jigsaw puzzle together, at least I can give you that. Absolutely. Yeah. So how, what would you recommend for families who are raising kids, whether that be, you know, uh, young children into their teenage years? How do you think what what does a marriage need in that time? Would you say date nights? Do you do you need like just to try to put in a scheduled meeting where we're just once a month or every two months you're talking about the family and where Mm -hmm. everything's at? Do you have any recommendations like that? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it doesn't have to be a date. I mean, it can be a date night. Um, 
just sit together and, and you know, and really, I don't even know that it needs to be a date night where that's all you talk about because yeah, then you're going to, then you're going to be like, oh gosh, date yeah. night, we're going to talk about the kids. Yeah, right. <laughs> you yeah. know? That would be more just tending to the relationship tending maybe. Tending to it, yeah. Tending, yeah. I think the kids need to see a strong parent thing. I, I mean, it. I, they just do. And, and I know... Shane and I, we didn't sit and have knockdown drag outs in front of the kids, but they knew that we fussed. Sure. It's normal. Yeah. Oh Parent, my gosh. People that's, fuss. Yeah. That's part of health. It's part of it. Yeah. And the thing that I always wanted them to get out of that is that we stayed. Yes. We didn't leave. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're going to have situations in your life where you're going to be mad and you're going to fuss and you're going to be angry and you're going to yeah. scream, but you, st- you stay. Yeah. You I think stay. I feel like that's a gift we're giving to our daughters when yeah. they know we're in a little argument, Absolutely. or even when we're a little upset with them. Yeah. Then we, we move on. I yeah. mean, we deal right. with it, you and then we, it because and this on. isn't about their self worth or anything. Right. This is a mistake. We can't have it. We're moving on. Right. We love you. Right. That's you the type of keep, culture we're trying to build in the home. And you can't keep bringing it up. And that's one thing that that I've seen over and over where where some a kid makes a mistake. Well, you did this, and you've done it before, and you're yeah. gonna do it. Don't don't prophesy that on them. Yeah. They they made a bad mistake. They made a bad choice. Maybe they did something really bad, stupid, yeah. and it was a bad thing. And it was a bad choice, a bad mistake. Okay, acknowledge it, take care of it, and move on. And 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 don't keep going backwards because yeah. looking back, you're never gonna move forward. I think so. about First Corinthians thirteen where it describes love. And one thing it says it says love keeps no record of wrong. Mm. The Greek is an accounting term. And it basically means love doesn't write things in ink. Uh, love more writes things in pencil. I like it. And so there may be some pencil situations mm-hmm. that you have in your family, but you need to be quick with that eraser. Yeah. Yeah. And when it's over, it's you over. need to be done with it's it. Over. And you don't want to yeah. keep that record wrong. You don't want to keep, and, and that's in marriages too. Mm-hmm. You can't it's just keep bringing the past yeah. back up. At some point, you just got to reconcile. You got this thing. You know, on the advice end, Mike, one, one of the things that, uh, two, two thoughts from me. One of the things I think we did well, as we look back, uh, we, our children were not the tail that wagged our nope. dog. Nope. Our nope. lives did not revolve Mm-mm. around everything our kids want to do. We did not spend our entire life with our children taking them Mm-mm. To practice nope. or to games or we we just chose a very different path. And they were in sports. They were oh. in they were games, in sports and all those not, things. Mm-hmm. But that was not the center yeah. of our family. In fact, our family was the center, was the center <laughs> of our family. Things we all did, places we mm-hmm. all went, and that was a very very important piece. And I see so many families now whose entire life is built around. The travel schedule of an eight-year-old. Maybe identity. Would that be another? I don't. Could... Yeah, I don't know what the the deal is, but it seems to me that we did a good job in just holding some uh, rational sense of balance mm-hmm. as a family and not getting sucked into a cultural template that I, I just don't know is great. Because at what point is that eight-year-old going to wake up one day and say, "Hey, the entire world doesn't revolve around me." You mean mom and dad, you you mean your existence in life and your self-worth isn't predicated on getting me to six practices a day in 20 different locations? Those, those are the kind of things I think about some. And then the other thing is, is when you're raising kids, you got to play for the long game. And how many couples so neglect their own relationship, they pour into those kids, then those kids move away. 
And all of a sudden, these couples look at each other and they go, I have no idea who you are. Mm -hmm. And we don't have a heck of a lot in common anymore. And I would say you've got to really tend that marriage for the long game. And a part of that is is enjoying your family, and I and I, I really think that. But you also have to create those spaces mm-hmm. when you talk yeah. about a date night or whatever. But you also have to create the spaces mm-hmm. to enjoy each other right. because those kids are so, going to leave. What what is the empty? I know you're kind of you're describing it here too. What's emptiness like? I mean, is it just a jolt of a different reality? I mean, is it is it that jolting? Is it? I don't think it was jolting to us because soon we after, ended up being good at it. Oh yeah. Okay, when it was all we said, loved our kids, oh, man. We, we loved the kids. I, I loved could, raising teenagers. Oh I thought the yeah. kids got interesting. Yeah. No, and here's the deal. If if Zach and Sarah, Eli, Isaac, Lydia, Pierce, Maddox, and Mabry, if they said, hey, Mom, Dad, we'd like to live with you. Oh, okay. I would think that would be awesome. I don't know. What about you, Shane? Oh, you know what? My son and and my daughter-in-law oh, built a house yeah. a couple of years that ago. That was awesome. They ended up selling their house really quick. They were with us for sev- months. several months yeah. Yeah. while it was they awesome. were building the house. It, it was, was fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. And they had a great time. We had a great time. The kids. So so we loved being parents and grandparents. We still are grandparents. And we enjoyed our family. But we yeah, love well, you... just this time where it's just us and we just kind of look at each other and yeah. sometimes we just laugh. I mean. But you and Valerie may, yeah. you, you know, you may have times that you, you say, wow, you know, there's not a lot of time for us as your girls there's get older. Be. If you run the cultural template particularly, you can have very, very little time for yourself. When, when they move away, uh, you've got almost, it's the exact opposite life. When you're young, you have uh, you have a lot of energy, you got kids, you have no time, and you have no money. When you get older, you have money, you don't have a lot of energy, you don't have kids, and you do have time. And so it, it's it's a very different mm-hmm. kind of right. life. It's just a different rhythm. But for us, it has been mm-hmm. uh, terrific. We we are skilled empty nesters. Mm-hmm. We are uh, intentional grandparents. We love mm-hmm. grandparenting love spending time with our family, but in in the raising of, of the family. I, I think for me, Mike, if I had to kind of sum up my thoughts on this, you just need to enjoy the season of life yep. you're in. Every season. And keep a long yep. game in mind. And whether it's good or bad, you have to enjoy it because it's what it is. If you live in a bad season and and you don't figure out how to be okay in it, because yeah. we're all going to have bad seasons. We're all going to have bad seasons, whether it's, who knows what it is. We're going to have bad seasons. you got to figure out how to be joyful in that bad season because it will alleviate the pain and it will make you realize that there is light at the end of the tunnel. you got to value family. You have So to. even you had different styles. You talk about this beginning. You yep. both had a value for family. You yes. understood Absolutely. the importance. You wanted Number a family. One. You wanted Christ at the center of all of that. And that's really yeah. a lot of where... That's, yeah. The foundation of all Abs- and, and I've said this before with us even in ministry, and it's how we are with everything. Shane and I are very strong apart, very opinionated apart, very enthusiastic about life and Jesus apart. And the way we did ministry was two different ways, but our end goal was the same. It was Jesus. It was to get people to know who Jesus was. We went about it very, very differently, but we got there at the same, we ended at the same place. Same thing with our family. We did it very, very differently, but we knew what the end goal was, and that yeah. was to have kids who loved Jesus and who loved us, yeah. and we got there. Got the- it was muddy, and it was icky sometimes, but we got there. And, and my hope would be that as the kids look back, 
that they would say, mom and dad offered different things into our life in pursuit of a common goal. Right. Mom offered discipline and accountability because she, she was the disciplinarian in the family. She was the one that held them accountable. I took, I coached their sports. I spent a lot of personal time, even when the kids were in junior high. I mean, I was my son's seventh grade junior high coach in school basketball because I was still a certified teacher. Uh, I, I assisted Lydia's uh, softball team when she was in junior high. And so it wasn't just when they were kids. I was I put that time in, and I hope that I made contributions. Melissa, I think, was more nurture there. I was more strong on, on time and, and the lessons we learn in life. But I would hope when they look back, they would say, Mom and Dad didn't do things the same, but they did bring different things to the table that contributed to us being functional adults. And as it all turns out, they both did uh, leave home and find work. And you got to feel like that's a win. <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. Well, Melissa, it's been a joy. Oh, thanks. Thank you for joining fun. us for both episodes. And thank you all for joining us for Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. We'd love for you to subscribe, share, and review our podcast. If you'd like to hear more from Shane and I, you can go to RevShaneBishop.com or RevMikeWu.com. We'll talk with you next time. And make sure that you keep the change.